Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Hey, good evening, everyone. Today's Tuesday, November the 3rd. I'm Jeff Zayas from Napa, California. I'm Keith Miller from the United Kingdom, standing with the George Doctor, who's out traveling. And I'm Robert Taylor in New Orleans, Louisiana. Hey, everybody, I'm Duke Carrico, and on tonight's Tech and Coffee's Android Journal, Google says Chrome OS, it isn't going anywhere. Can Android save Windows Phone? And we'll take a hard look at the Dell 13 Chromebook. Hey, everyone, welcome to episode 109. Good evening, sir. All right, and Keith Milner from, uh, hey, man, it's it's been a long time. You know, we're going back to the uh, uh, Tech and Coffee's Tech Newsweek days. And, and, you know, I got to thinking that was over a year ago. So welcome, Keith. Uh, I'm glad to be here. Thank you. Yeah, and uh, I think you've got a you've got a visitor. You've got a Yankee visitor that's creeping off to the side there. I have. Unfortunately, there's um, some some American kind of wife came to my door and started tapping on. Let me in. And and, and this guy comes up. What the hell? the hell are you talking about <laughs> hey george uh been following all the pictures on google plus looks like og camp 15 was a ball guys and uh yeah and uh, for anybody listening or watching now they've spent all afternoon at a brewery so uh just warning you guys yeah, see, they, they go there, you know, under the guise of doing technical, you know, stuff for Og Camp. But the truth is, it's just one big giant pub crawl. That's what <laughs> it. Yeah, yeah. it was a pub crawl. It was, yeah. Yeah. We know. A little tech, but we were pretty much driving the streets. Exactly, yeah. Okay. Hey, guys, let's talk a little bit about Android and Google. What do you say? Hey, and to kick this off, I, I just got to tell you guys, uh, I'm going to gloat a little bit here. When I saw the Wall Street Journal article last week, I said, no way, man. Chrome OS isn't dead. They're going to continue making Chromebooks. They're going to continue honing Chrome and and making it bigger and badder. And sure enough, Google, uh, they came out yesterday and said, you know, uh, uh, there's been some talk about Chrome OS being folded into Android and uh we're just here to say, no, no, that's not going to happen. Uh, hey, Jeff, I'm going to let you take first crack at this. What do you think, man? I, I, I think uh, they didn't they didn't triple check their sources. You know, obviously, Chromebooks were, you know, for a long period of time, been the number one selling PC or laptop on Amazon, right? Right. It is dominating in the you know school districts hey hey about that thirty thousand new chromebooks per day are going into schools man i mean they they are just killing it and you know and they want everyone to be you know on their cloud-based um you know environment so uh it would be foolish for them to kind of say goodbye to something that has been very, very successful. Very One of their real success items, really. Robert, you're next, man. Tell, tell me what you think about this. Yeah, very successful, despite the Microsoft attempt to scroogle the Chromebook uh, environment. You know, truthfully, you know, I, I would like to see some integration, and we've seen some inroads in that, sure. you know, between Android and Chromebook. But is one going to replace the other? No way. Google's not going to give up what is a very, very successful campaign and product line for them. You know, it brings people into the Google environment. And we're doing it at the grade school and high school level. They're introducing these devices to, you know, kids 
Google's not giving that up. You know, once you get people integrated into your environment, they tend to stay. So they're not they're not going to fold this and make this go away. No chance. Hey, uh, hey, Keith, uh, what's the uh, UK think about that, man? Well, I mean, I've got to agree. The um, I think the journalists have basically seen two and two and kind of put them together and made about five thousand. The I, th- I think they're very successful. They they're very I think they're very different. They're different types of device you know the, the Chromebook is a cloud device primarily um, with very little capability to run anything locally the um, the Android stuff is totally opposite it's about running device apps locally and um, you know I think there's a, a huge a huge crossover between them but um, and I can see as as the kind of article sort of eventually kind of admitted that um, there was some work being done to um, look at producing Android as a as a desktop environment, but that doesn't necessarily mean Chrome OS is going away. Sure, um, and I think we'll we'll see perhaps more more notebook type Android devices available. Um, but Chrome Chrome OS is fantastic and it's successful. Yeah, why would they get rid of it? Yeah, yeah and I, I have said before, you know, I think I think Android could be a a full blown desktop system. I mean, uh, the the file structure is there, you know. So uh, we'll we'll see. Uh, maybe maybe we'll see some legitimate Android desktop uh, computers in the future. But hey, George, you want to weigh in on this before we move on, man? I, there was a point where I didn't really think I needed and wanted a Chromebook, but you've introduced me to Chromebook, and I'm going to tell you um, that the story's all bullcrap. <laughs> I mean, that's it's. I think it's one of the best um, and easiest system to use, um, just about for anyone from from the highly tech to grade school to the grandma. It's it's a great system, and I can't see it going anywhere. Can, well, can I just add, I think one of the key differences between Android and Chrome OS is the way they're used. Do you, uh, Android is, is primarily a touchscreen environment. I've, I've got an Android tablet with a keyboard. I don't really use the keyboard very much. Um, I've got a, a Chromebook with a, a Chromebook Pixel with a touchscreen. I don't use the touchscreen very much. And I think that's the difference between them is they're, they're different OSs for different use cases. Sure. Yeah. I'll tell you what. I'll, later on, we're going to talk about the uh, Dell Chromebook 13, and uh, I, I'm going to lean on you just a little bit, Keith, for some comparisons against the Pixel. If that's okay, uh, Jeff, you wanted to say something? Yeah, I think maybe part of the confusion might have lied with the Wall Street Journal is that you know maybe the concept of seeing Android apps on the Chrome OS. You know, that little bit of a crossover that they've been kind of promising, bringing more and more apps over to the Chrome OS. And and maybe there was a confusion with that. But, you know, there's obviously no way OS is going away. I mean, Chrome OS is going away. And I, and I think that's an important point that there are people who recognize what Chromebook is and love what it does. But they also want the additional functionality of some of these apps that they see in Android and they're familiar with on their phone. I mean, certainly games and, and, and those types of things, you know, people want, you know, in both places. But more productivity, they want to see the crossover between the two. That's not to say that Chrome OS is going away, like you suggest. Don't get confused because we're blending some of that Android apps into Chrome OS that we're saying that Chrome is going to go away. Certainly, that would not be a valid Reveal. Well, any, anybody who knows me or listens to this show, they they know my Chromebook is my primary device. Okay, it, it is it's what I use most of the time. Uh, obviously, I'm not using it now because uh, this is a little bit heavier lifting with what we're doing here to do this podcast. But basically, for everything else that I do, Chrome OS normally handles it. So yeah, I. Uh, like I say, I, I'm a believer in the platform, and when I saw that, I didn't believe it. Hey, guys, I'm going to move on. Let's talk. You know, Paul Therott is a Paul Therott is a Windows Messiah. He's a man. He he's he just he he supported Windows for years, 
and I've followed him for years, and I'll tell you, when I saw this article the other day, I wanted to bring this article to the Android Journal show because basically Paul Thorat is calling for Android to save Windows Phone. And uh, he lays forth a lot of reasons why he thinks it's time for Microsoft to fork a version of Android and call it their own operating system. Robert, you're going to get first crack at this one, man. Well, and let's start right from the very beginning. What's his number one reason for making this conjecture? Okay. Apps. How many apps are available in Android versus what's available in Windows Phone? And the, the sheer disparity in the numbers is what he's holding out. If you want to save Windows Phone, you have got to bring developers and their applications to the users. People are not going to buy a phone that doesn't have functionality. And that is where Windows Phone, its number one deficit right now, is that developers are not interested in developing for Windows Phone. They're developing for iOS and they're developing for Android, period. Now, of course, Microsoft can't go grab iOS and fork it. That's not going to happen. But they can do it with the open platform of Android. The you know opposite side of the fence there is, would that be Microsoft waving the white flag saying, we give up and we're just going to you know, take the tide and, and go with the easy way out. Keith, should uh, Microsoft give up on the Windows Phone platform? Um, I think there's a lot of good reasons for them to do it. I think that, um, you know, Robert's kind of nailed it. The issue they have is apps. Um, I'm not sure if, if Android can save them. They're going to have to do something similar to what... Um, Amazon have done with, would with you, but 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 George is Am, Would you say that Amazon has been successful with forking Android to sell uh, Amazon branded phones? Um, well, on the phones, no, but other devices, correct. Um, Amazon's been successful in forking Fire OS um, to other devices. Um, the phone, not so much, um, but I think. Even with just just the way they do it, I mean, Amazon has proven that they can fork Android to another device and be successful at it. Um, I think Microsoft would probably need to do something like that to 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 save its phone industry. Okay, so I, I think. Uh, would, so why would they do it? Are they what are they trying to save by doing it? Are they trying to save their their their, their device business? <laughs> Or are they trying to save their app business and their app and services business? But if they're trying to save their app and services business, then the, the best way to do that is to carry on pushing their apps and services via Android and iOS generally. Um, yeah. If they're trying to save their, their device business, my, I'd question why would they do that? Cause I, 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 think, I think at this point the question might be that they spent billions of dollars on a company called Nokia, and, and yeah, they need I, to do something with that. I, you know, I think, you know, instead of, you know, forking Android, they're just going to whatever this project Astoria was, the, you know, the bridging of allowing developers to quickly move their apps over to a Windows uh, environment or or, or, um, bridging it with some kind of envelope that, you know, translates it over to the Windows phone. Um, That's the way to do it. And and that's the way they probably end up doing it because they, you know, they want to keep the phone business. You know, mobile is still so big, and they want to, you know, satisfy customers who have interoperability between iOS and Android through their apps. So why not having that piece for the Windows Phone? It makes sense, and obviously they can. They have the technology; they can do it. Currently, right now, uh, worldwide, Microsoft's got about three percent of the market with Windows Phone. Of course, uh, you know, Google Worldwide has about 83%. Of course, iOS or iOS is, uh, what are they, 13 14% worldwide. So, uh, you, you know, uh, it, it's kind of like BlackBerry. You see what BlackBerry's doing right now. It was announced today that AT&T is going to carry the PRIV 
okay? That's a forked version of Android. I think it's too late for BlackBerry. My personal opinion, I think I think BlackBerry is it's dead, it's gone. I I think there's too many people out there that have moved on. They loved their BlackBerry, but they moved on and they probably didn't love it enough to give it a, a second chance. And, yeah, but and, BlackBerry is totally different than Microsoft. Well, you know, Microsoft has some way way deeper pockets in you know into different um services than blackberry is right so um they can save it if they wanted to of the windows phone and i think they will i think i think they will it's kind of like you know um they they know the mobile market is too important not to and, and and they've missed that boat that, that's why I, I think they'll try it i agree jeff i think that they will try moving with a forked version of android because by doing that they're they're going to get access to apps that they haven't had with the uh, with the windows phone because as roberts already stated they just could not get developers on board and uh i i i, I think it makes sense for them to try it myself Hey, anything else before I move on? All right, man. Hey, Jeff. Would you buy an Android Wear watch if the price was $115? If it had a heart rate monitor and GPS enabled, yes. Well, Jeff, it has a heart rate monitor and a GPS. You know... That is a price point that you know that uh, Chinese company that's doing that, whatever the name of it is. LA, LA. You know, I think it's great. One hundred fifteen dollars. Damn, come on, that's very, very reasonable for that. I mean, that that uh, that is less than a Fitbit, you know, and it has more. It'll have more function functionality. Um, yeah, I would. I would definitely do it. Well, we've long said, you know, that the the smartwatch industry, you know, with their two hundred ninety nine dollar price points, was way, way, way in the, you know, totally disposable income market, very high end. That it's not going to reach very widely. And I went to the Verizon store this week to do some changing up on my account and my phones, and they had a whole display. Of phone, I'm sorry, not phones. Of watches there, and all of them were two fifty nine, two ninety nine, three ninety nine. I mean, ridiculously expensive. And while the store was crowded, there was not one single person looking at that display. Not well, other than me for the few minutes that I walked over there. Why? Because the price is ridiculous. But yet you look at this at one hundred and fifteen dollars. Come on, that is hard to pass by. Even me, who's not such a big fan of the smartwatch deal, at 115 bucks, I'm definitely going to give this a second look. Okay, uh, Josh Wofford in the Q and A has said, "Take the deal, Jeff. Take the deal." In other words, will it be door number one, door number two, or the 115 dollar watch? What will it be, Jeff? It will be the 115 dollar watch, definitely. Because uh, you know, uh, you know, I've. You know how many items I bought from Amazon based on Tech and Coffee that I don't use anymore? You know, <laughs> it's way over one hundred fifteen dollars. So, yeah. So you're easily persuaded, is I what you But but easily. but really, you know, I think Robert makes the valid point. If you are sitting on the fence as to whether a smartwatch is for you or not, I mean, for a whole lot of people in the world, one hundred and fifteen dollars is disposable income. Oh yeah. But two hundred ninety nine dollars is not. It is way outside the box. Yep. Uh, hey Keith, are you still wearing the uh, Asus Zen watch? I am. Okay. Um, the thing that tipped me over was that I I was in duty free on a trip to Mexico, and um, they were doing it as special for for hundred twenty pounds. Now the way that um, electronics products work means that if um, if if a hundred and fifteen dollar watch in the US came to the US, it came to the UK, it would be one hundred and fifteen pounds. So that I see this basically similar pricing, and it's what tipped me over. Otherwise, up until that point, I was like, I was like, now nah, this stuff looks cool, but it's too expensive. Yeah, yeah. 
<laughs> George? So, you know, I think it will be, will be interesting to see how it drives the market. George, would you trade that pebble for one of these? I wouldn't trade the pebble for it, but I might buy one of those just as a side toy. So when this is charging for its 45 minutes, I'll have something to wear. <laughs> or you could wear one on each wrist, George. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I can pair it. Now what time is it? Now what time is it? Now what time is it? This is, this is a man who very nearly spent 20, 20 pounds on a uh, LED badge, programmable LED badge. Oh, this is, that was hilarious. The name badge, you could put your name on it and have it scrolling across. <laughs> <laughs> Matt, that's the coolest stuff. Admit it, George. You wouldn't buy this unless they sold it in the vending machine at the airport. Just yeah. like the devil. Actually, airport, train station doesn't really <clears throat> But, you know, really think about it. You know, what do you think it costs to make this watch? You know, it's $40, $50? I think the Chinese, they probably have little gremlins, Jeff, that as long as they don't feed them after midnight, they can turn these things out. Yeah, but my, my point is, is that... You take this watch and then you look at how much, you know, the Apple Watch is, right? And you go, wow, the components of that, it's pretty much the same kind of thing. You know, just think of their profit margins, even though they're selling them at a discount now if you buy an iPhone. Well, you know, and going back to the Windows Phone, that's that's what I've always said. If if Microsoft wants to get Windows Phone out there, I mean, they got to make these promotions like, hey – Buy a Surface Book, and we'll throw in a top-of-the-line Windows phone. Uh, seriously. Uh, hey, but back to this watch. Jeff, really quick. $115 is going to get you a uh, Bluetooth 4.0, 512 uh, megabytes of RAM, 4 gigs of ROM, waterproof at an IP67 rating. I think that's the same rating as the Asus Zen watch. Uh, it's got, uh, of course, you know, it'll Bluetooth answer dial. It's got the health tracker. Uh, you can control music. Of course, all of this stuff is not specific to the LA watch. It's the, uh, uh, the Android operating system, uh, 320 by 320 picks, one and a half inch. Uh, it's got a 400 milliamp hour battery. It's got a, about an 80 hours standby on that. Uh, they say it's unisex. So, uh. Anyway, listen, I will definitely be keeping my eye on this going forward. I, I just I think this is the price point. If uh, if Google wants to sell a lot of Android Wear watches, this is the way to do it, and I'm assuming that this watch will work. You know, when it, it says, uh, you know, um, Bluetooth, it says phone call assistant, so I wonder if you can actually answer the phone on your watch and doesn't it say you have a microphone it does not i don't see microphone mentioned i don't think that microphone is supported in uh android wear period at this time jeff well it's for it's for um doing the okay google thing it's not for making phone calls right right it does say under the bluetooth calling it does say answering comma dialing so that would indicate to me that you can answer. Uh, maybe so. Yeah, maybe. That would be great, though. I mean, that's, even if you did that, holy right. moly, that would just be a, a real tipping point for a lot of people, I believe. All right. Hey, guys, moving on. Let's uh let's let's talk about this uh, Dell Chromebook that's been in the news so much, and you know, guys, I always said that my dream Chromebook would be a Chromebook that had a quality display and a backlit keyboard, and uh, Toshiba and Dell both have unveiled them recently. Uh, this thing will start with a Celeron processor at four hundred twenty nine dollars. If you want to go full-blown i5 with 8 gigs of RAM, $649. Now, that's $649, but uh, about every review that I have read says that if you don't want to plop down $1,000 plus for a Pixel, this is the way to go. 
the build quality is excellent. It's a combination between aluminum and carbon fiber. And uh, it's a very attractive-looking Chromebook. And, Keith, I'm going to let you roll first on this one. What's your impression mm-hmm. of the Dell 13 Chromebook? It, well, from what I've seen in the spec, it looks uh, – and and the, the variety of models, it looks fantastic. Um, I mean, it's considerably cheaper than the, than the Pixel, of course, even you know, the 2015 version Pixel. It's a similar – Spec when it comes to kind of the the kind of core things you need like the processor and the um, you know and the and the memory and stuff like that. The resolution is not as not as high as the screen on the Pixel, but the you know you, you, most people don't need the ridiculous resolution that the Pixel has. Um, I think they look fantastic. You know, I if I didn't have a Pixel already, I'd definitely be looking at one of these. Uh, Robert. Do you think six hundred and fifty dollars is too much to spend on a Chromebook, no matter how nice it is? Well, you know, here's kind of the problem. You know, um, I do think that's a little bit on the pricey side. I do. Um, while this is a quality build, and we're not talking about you know an Acer, you know, little you know two hundred and fifty dollar machine. There's definitely a higher end build quality here, uh, touch screen, extra, you know, larger memory, and so forth. But still, you know, we get back to what Chromebooks originally were and their Internet consumption devices um, that, you know, offer some additional functionality. You know, if I'm really going to get into, you know, decent quality laptop, I'm looking at seven, eight hundred bucks. Whereas, you know, a six hundred and forty nine dollar Chromebook, I'm not sure I'm going to go there. I'm just not sure I'm going to go there. I, I, I like the device. I just think it's priced maybe 100 or $150 too much. If we were maxed out at about $499, I, I would be happy. I, I would be happy with this device. You're shaking your head no, Jeff? I, I, you know, I just shared my screen. You know, for $799, I can get this Dell Esperion i7 machine, 8 gigs of memory, Touchscreen, solid state drive, has you know Windows 10, USB ports, HDMI ports, you know. I don't know, man. Hundred dollar, hundred twenty bucks more, and I have something that I can actually put some use to, and you know, well, for, I, not some use, some additional use. Come exactly. On, let's, let's face it, we can do a lot of things with a Chromebook now. We really can. Yeah, and this is, but there are times when you need a full-blown laptop, and for a hundred dollars more, right? I'm hard-pressed not to buy that machine. I might just want to add too, might might want to add that the six hundred and fifty-dollar Dell Chromebook that we're talking about does not support touch. Wow. Uh, that's true. It does not. The the six hundred and twenty-nine dollar yes. one does. Yes, yes. You know, which you know still. But, you know, again, we are talking about a high-quality build machine for a Chromebook. I get that. Um, I just think it's just priced a little bit high considering we have laptops at 700 800 bucks, like Jeff just showed. You know, it's, 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 it's kind of a tough sell. I think I think it is a tough sale. As much as I love the uh, the Chrome platform, I'm just not sure that uh, uh, you know. Hey, I want that good screen. I want a backlit keyboard, but I'd like to see that price under five hundred dollars myself. Yeah, you know, I, I would forget the watch and buy this other uh, laptop. <laughs> hey, 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 George, uh, you you've been using my old uh, Samsung Chromebook, the Series Three Samsung. Uh, are you thinking about replacing it anytime soon? And if you are, how much would you be willing to spend on a, on a Chrome uh, a Chromebook platform? About four four fifty maybe. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I, I, right now this the Chromebook is working fine. I get uh, at least five, almost six hours out of it on battery, um, so it's still doing fine. It's getting a little bit slower from all the updates, but it's nothing tragic. Um, most of the web content and everything I can get to, we can get to fine. Um, if it did, 
bite the dust soon or I decided it was just too slow to, to keep up with something new or I was just not going to get updates, I would definitely um, invest in something. I don't think I'd buy the Dell. In fact, I don't think I'd buy anything Dell, just my own personal preference. Um, uh, only having, having worked in the industry and having dealt with Dell as far as uh, the service part of it, um, uh, no offense to anyone who has a Dell, but they're crap. Um, so, um, sorry, uh, but most, the, the only reason I say this is because I have to do a lot of service tickets and most of the machines that come across my desk are Dell, um, that failed fans, overheat, burnout. Yeah. Um, that's, that's because your, that's because your company has a contract with a major manufacturer. They also have, they also have Lenovo, they also have HP. Yeah, but the sad um, part about that, George, that originally Dell wasn't that way. It's only been the last two or three years where their manufacturing quality has really sunk to such lows, and it, it's a problem now. $139, two years running, three, maybe three years running, um, does everything I want to do. Uh, why would I spend six hundred and fifty bucks? Why? That is, it's quite an insane price for what that is, um, uh, especially since you can get other machines that you can load. Like the the machine you were looking at there, Jeff. I would perfectly buy that and load Linux on it and wipe Windows clean off the face of that computer's hard drive. <laughs> there you go. Although I would I would also suggest you like. What is the weight of that other machine, and what is the battery life of it? Yeah, the the weight would is a big thing for me. I mean, I have two laptops at home other than the Chromebook, and they they'll outperform the Chromebook right and left. I mean, they will. The problem with them is either the weight or the size. So um, I don't mind bringing and the battery life too. Nothing's going to kick the battery life of, of this right now. Even even my I have a newer. Uh, Asus F102. Well, it's not newer. It's about two years old, a year and a half old, um, and it's much newer than this Chromebook. And the battery life is probably about four hours, where you know I get about six in the Chromebook. And I'm, I'm, I'm bear in mind for this is a professionally focused um, device for for any company that is any large company that's looking to deploy Chromebooks instead of um, instead of say Windows laptops. These even the $600 one represents almost a quarter of the price they're paying for a Windows laptop once you factor in the the setup costs, the, the additional software costs of putting antivirus encryption yes. and all that kind of stuff on it. Yeah, securing them. Securing them is where they spend a lot of money on Windows machines. You're exactly right, Keith. So even if they went for the highest-end Dell machines, they're still kind of at least a third, probably a quarter of the price of what they're paying now. And certainly in the education environment, why they're so successful is because they can deploy these Chromebooks at minimal cost, you know, and, and they're secure, they're safe. And even if they end up getting corrupted, messed up, it's a power wash yeah. way to return it back to. And so you know, for us, it might not appear good value for money, but for, for other environments, even at, even at those, those prices, it, Possibly is still good, better value for money what they're getting at the moment. Yeah. Uh, the the thing that I like about this is uh, both Dell and Toshiba have uh, the the Toshiba is really nice too, guys. Uh, the Dell seems to win out when it comes to uh, the manufacturer quality. But uh, what what I like about this is that others are going to build similar machines. Competition's going to get better. In the end, we win. Well, it shows us there's a very active market in, in Chromebooks. And, yeah, competition's good. Variety's good. Mm-hmm. Okay. Too bad the operating system's going away. Yeah. It's too bad it's being folded into Android. Y'all got to stop reading the Wall Street yeah. Journal. And, uh, yeah, and, and by the way, uh, I also read today that Steve Jobs is really still alive. Okay. Hey, guys, have we got anything else? Him and Elvis are having breakfast someplace right now, yeah. I'm sure. 
Anything else we want to talk about? I'll tell you what, we booked through this show. Anything at all, guys? Well, we can talk about Google Glass, the recent announcement. No, we're not going to talk about Google Glass. <laughs> I'll talk about my new phone before we talk about Google Glass. <laughs> hey, hey, Robert, let's talk about your new phone. Let's go ahead. Hey, before we do that, let me do this really quick. Hey, guys, we are Tech and Coffee. We are a daily Google Plus Hangout. We would love to have you join us. Wander on over to techandcoffee.info. Look for that coffee cup. Click on it. It will bring you into our main hangout. And uh, we would love nothing better than for you to visit, and we'll talk tech with you. You can find us on Twitter and Facebook at Tech and Coffee One. YouTube, we're at Tech and Coffee. Hey, our favorite social network is still Google+. Plus. Hey, search for Tech and Coffee. Look for that gorgeous T&C coffee cup. Catch this podcast on Stitcher Radio, iTunes, and Player FM. Hey, tweet us using the hash Tech and Coffee. Questions, comments, and snide remarks? <coughs> <coughs> Yeah, I kind of got choked up there. AJ at techandcoffee.info. Hey, Robert, tell us about your new phone, brother. Well, I tell you, you know, <laughs> we talked a little bit about it uh, on our last Android Journal show about how Verizon has decided that they have found a way to get rid of all of those pesky unlimited data users, of which I was one of. Um, basically, you know, they were told they couldn't throttle us. They were told... <laughs> They couldn't restrict us. They couldn't limit the devices we used our plans on. So they said, okay, well, what we're just going to do is we're just going to raise the price and make it so damn expensive you'll want to get rid of your unlimited data. So uh, armed with a, a whole lot of research and, and knowledge, um, I went into the Verizon store um, and, and this week gave up my unlimited plans um, and while I did that, <clears throat> I said, well, if I'm going to do that, I'm going to go ahead and get a new phone. I, I happened to pick uh, the just newly announced Droid Turbo 2, which is an incredible phone. This is a monster phone. Uh, very fast processor, lots of RAM, um, SD card expansion slot on it. Um, very, very, very nice phone. Good, good to hold, not... Uh, super heavy. Um, the the one thing that really kind of struck me, and I've heard you say this over and over again, that you know a quad HD display on a phone is really not necessary. And you know I've, I've looked at a couple, and I didn't really see. You know I could see a little bit of a difference, but not anything major. And sure enough, now after having the phone for a few days, I can tell you that. The Quad HD display really adds nothing to the overall performance of the phone or the uh, experience of viewing movies or YouTube or anything like that on the phone. Um, and it does detract from the battery. Um, while this Droid Turbo has a massive 3,700 milliamp hour battery, I can definitely tell that it drains a lot quicker because of this quad HD display. It is really, really unacceptable that it drains the battery where I don't see any performance out of it. But the other part about the experience overall, and this is something that I want to warn folks, you know, there's a lot of talk about jumping carriers and, and this one has this plan and this one has this many gigabytes of data. You really need to look and do a lot of research because while I did all my research ahead of time and I thought I knew exactly what I was going to go get and how I was going to, you know, what I was going to pay for my new plan, by the time I walked out of Verizon, it was totally different because what they suggest to you on the TV, like they're simply pick a size plan, small, medium, large, extra large on data, it's not that simple. And they tell you, oh, it's $20 per line. It's not that simple. It's only $20 per line if you buy a new phone. If you want to keep your existing phones and don't want to buy a new phone and just get a, a choose a plan, it's $40 a line, which makes it considerably more expensive 
than T-Mobile or AT&T. Of course, Verizon doesn't tell you that on the TV. They, they just say, pick a size and pay $20 per line. So, you know, do your research thoroughly ahead of time and don't rush into it. We actually went back to the Verizon store three different times before we settled on the phones and the plans that we were going to end up with. And in the end, I did give up my unlimited data. I was able to save a few dollars a month. But, of course, you know, I'm going to miss being able to watch Netflix, you know, for hours on end. Just won't be able to do that anymore. Like I'm doing now. I, I yeah. do a lot of that. Yeah. And, you know, I mean, I told you I, I used about 30 gigs last month. So, uh, yeah, so, so, AT&T so is coming after me. Are you going to get a case for that shatterproof uh, display? Or are you going to are you are you going to trust that it's shatterproof, or are you getting a case? I got to tell you, it is shatterproof. I, I and I, I I've seen it firsthand. It is shatterproof, um, and I don't put cases on my phone. Now I do have a belt holster that I carry it with, and I am pretty careful with my phone. I've only dropped my phone one time at a tech and coffee hangout. I uh, went up to go give somebody a hug, and my phone just kind of skittered across the parking lot. And, of course, I was like, my heart just dropped. But I picked it up, and it was fine. But this one, this phone is truly amazing with its shatter resistance. Um, so I, I, I do have faith that it is uh, pretty, pretty stout and, and worthy of uh, being naked, as it were. And and Robert, I, I just uh, I I want to be curious there going forward. Uh, you and I had talked earlier about image stabilization on the camera, yeah. And and you know the Nexus, the new Nexus Five X and Six P also do not have image stabilization. Google says it's unnecessary because the pixel size is so large it makes uh, the image stabilization inadequate, basically. Uh, I will be anxious to hear your thoughts on the camera going forward as to whether that you miss the image stabilization or not. I, I got to tell you, I've taken a couple of pictures, nothing really massive. You guys have seen, I've posted a couple in the stream of the, uh, of our pets. And of course, these are subjects that you can't control. They move at the, at whatever they decide to scratch a flea or flick their tail or whatever the case may be. Um, they, they, do whatever. You can't control it. And I got to say, it actually froze the image pretty well. Um, so I may not be missing the image stabilization. But the one thing about the camera that I did find very odd, because I have never done it, I have never taken a selfie pic. This particular phone has a forward-facing LED flash so that you don't have dark selfie pics anymore. All right. <laughs> All right, very good. Well, I, I don't think I'm going to do that one because I'm not a selfie pick person, but I just thought that kind of odd. But do I really need to have a forward-facing LED? Come on. That, that was kind of silly. Yeah. I do like the 8-core processor, and I definitely like the 3 gigs of RAM. It makes for a very, very smooth experience. Now, I'm still running 5.1.1. I don't have Marshmallow yet because this phone was already slated for release at the time that they announced Marshmallow, but it will get Marshmallow at some point. I might have to wait six months or eight months to get it, but it's supposed to come. Uh, I'll just want to add that uh, one thing about Marshmallow that I'm very impressed with is the Doze feature. If I lay my phone down, I mean, for any length of time at all, uh, it starts shutting stuff off, and the battery will last literally for a couple of days. Honestly, mm -hmm. uh, that used to not be the case. Remember, I'm I'm carrying the original Nexus Five. It's got well, like you know a seventeen hundred. I think it's actually a, a twenty one hundred milliamp hour battery. All right, hey Keith, George, y'all got any tips, tricks, or apps you want to share with us tonight? We do. Of course, yeah. we do. We um. Untapped, and I drank some roasted nuts tonight that had lots of head, so I drank heady nuts tonight. Uh, yep. And, uh, George has got me using this too. So it's basically it's a social, um, yeah, 
app to allow you to to review and log the beer that you've drunk. Yes, uh, actually, Tech and Coffee regulars uh, Andrew Rowland and Matt Janey absolutely love that app as well. George, didn't you turn them on to that app? I did, and you know, I kind of, sh- uh, I kind of put it down for a bit because I wasn't really drinking or doing that that much. And then, of course, now when I travel and hanging out with friends, you know, at breweries, I guess, <laughs> and have to use it. Yeah, we were at a brewery today. Yeah. So uh, we got three badges. We did. <laughs> you're not saying people like you better when you're drinking, are you? We like us better when we drink. That's, That's all that matters. Yeah. George makes more friends while he's drinking. Yes. 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 All right. Hey guys, I've got just a real quick little tip for you. If you're like Robert and you buy a new telephone, you're going to ask yourself, what am I going to do with my old telephone? Well, there's many things you can do with it. One is you could probably give it to charity. Uh, There's a lot of organizations out there that'll take your phone. Or maybe, you know, you can turn it into an MP3 player or something along that line. This is going to be something a little different, though. Why don't you make yourself an emergency phone? Okay? So the first thing you might need is a... uh, a battery, an external battery. The one that I've got pulled up here is made by Anchor. It's a 3,500 milliamp hour battery. Okay, it's on sale right now for $10. So what you do is, is you go to Amazon, you get that external battery, you take your old phone, and you buy a prepaid SIM for it. Take the phone... The external battery, stick it in a case, drop that in your glove box, in your car, uh, down in a bag, whatever, and guess what? You have an emergency phone. If you need it, you plug the external battery in it. In about seven minutes, you can boot the phone and use it as an emergency phone. That's... uh, you know, spend about $30, buy a prepaid uh, SIM, get you an external battery, and uh, the battery will need to be charged about every four to five months. So uh, there you go, man. That's my tip of the week. That's a good idea, actually. Okay. Anything else, guys? Uh, I have an app for tonight. Oh, go for it. Um, let me share my screen real quick. Give me just a second here. <coughs> All right, my app this week is Droid Hardware Info. As I said, I did all my research, um, you know, ahead of time. And, of course, I've got a couple of phones that were laying around, and part of the deal with Verizon was trade in an old phone, and you'll get a discount on purchasing the Droid Turbo 2. Well, with all of these old phones, I didn't remember all the specs on them, so I went and I've got some... uh, Hardware in, I needed the hardware info to know which one I really wanted to trade in, what the specs were. So I found this app, Droid Hardware Info. It is just an information app. You want to know anything about your device, what RAM it has, the battery size. This software does it very well. Free, doesn't cost anything. It tells you all the cores, tells you how much utilization you have. As you see, I'm flipping through the screens here, tells you about the memory, tells you about the camera, battery, all the sensors. This is just a really good, quick, lightweight app to tell you about the hardware information. I had to evaluate the four different phones that I had and decide which one was I going to trade in. And in the end, (laughs) um, I traded in my seven-year-old Droid X. (laughs) And I traded that phone in. It still worked. The, 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 the deal with Verizon was that the phone, of course, still had to boot. And it still worked and it still booted. I walked into Verizon with that, got my Droid Turbo 2. They gave me $200 for that seven-year-old cell phone. Not a bad deal. I'll Very take that. good. But I did that with the help of Droid Hardware Info. I would suggest if you want to know what's inside your phone or your tablet, go down that 
download that from the Google Play Store. It works great. I'm I'm curious what Gazelle would have given you. A zero. Yeah, there you go. Zero dollars. It, it had no value on Gazelle. What's the other? There's another one. Um, shoot, I can't think of it right now. But the zero dollars. They offered zero dollars, and it was a trade-in with that was part of Motorola, Motorola. If somebody's interested in doing this, this promotion is going on with um, Verizon, I think, only through the 10th of this month. So if you're interested in going and picking up a new Motorola, one of the new Motorola phones, phones the Droid Turbo 2 or the Droid Max 2, um, you can get a, a pretty decent deal on a trade-in right now, uh, bringing in an old phone. Very good, very good. And uh, really quick, back to my emergency phone. Uh, Keith pointed out in chat, and he's exactly right. You don't need a SIM card in your phone to be able to dial 911, so you can still do that. And uh, some of the prepaid SIMs have an expiration date on them. If you don't use them by a certain date after you buy them, they stop working. So, uh yeah, you might want to keep that in mind if you're looking for a SIM card for your old phone, a prepaid SIM. Hey, guys, anything else whatsoever? So, uh, yeah, and we certainly don't want to talk about San Francisco 49ers or Tennessee Titans, right, Jeff? Oh, my God. No, you know, every every week I post the same thing. Why do I watch the 49ers? Why am I watching this? And, uh, boy, it's... It's sad. Two years ago, they were one of the elite teams, and now they are in the bottom of the bottom. Hey, guys, head over to techandcoffee.info. Click on that coffee cup. Come and hang out with us. We're normally in the room. Uh, this is Eastern time, around 8 o'clock to uh, sometimes way on up into the night. We got some uh, European folks that hang out with us, like Mr. Keith Milner. And uh, one or two from France and other places. And then there, we've got the American contingent. So uh, you never know. There might be a celebrity to drop by. Yeah, like Randy Quaid's brother. Hey, guys, y'all have a great week. We're going to catch you in seven. Peace out, everyone. (laughs) 